0: That's the Mile High Hoops podcast with me, Zach By. Powered by my friends at Superbook Sports. Stand up, Nuggets Nation! Denver Sports presents the Mile High Hoops podcast with Zach By. Denver Sports is your home for the most Nuggets content. Now here's your host, Zach By. What is up and welcome to another edition of the Mile High Hoops podcast. As always, I am your host, Zach Bai. And as always, I appreciate you spending a sliver of your busy day with me here on the podcast. Reacting to not much. Really looking ahead. Second round series. Phoenix Suns. Primetime. Years of waiting for this moment. Guys, um, we are going to do a sort of a mini preview. Uh, I'm not a huge fan. A preview guy uh, just over the years, more of of a reactor. But it's too big of a series to not come on here. Just sort of set the table of uh, some of the things that I'm expecting to see in this series, some of the things that I'm hoping to see in this series. And you could make a very reasonable argument that this is the most anticipated uh, Nuggets playoff series Uh, going back to 2009. So, I mean, you know, nearly 15 years ago. um, And you could also probably make a a real argument. This is uh, one of the four four or five most anticipated um, Nuggets playoff series of all time. Just because of the context of who this team is, how they have grown to this point, um, the number one seed status, the MVP status, um, the, uh, title hoping nature or favored to come out of the West nature of the Phoenix suns, some of the characters and, in, uh, involved in this series that are, you know, hall of fame caliber players. Um, and then you add in the context of what it has been like for the last three or four years uh, leading up to this point, we have waited and waited and waited for the Denver Nuggets to be in a uh, a position like this. I mean, we got to remember just how many times, like through the years, you know, I mentioned the 2009 uh, team, uh, and I'd and have to go back and check um, because I wasn't living here at the time, but I believe that's the only time the Nuggets got out of the first round. I mean, so much early heartbreak uh, in, early, in the most early round, in the first round of uh, the NBA playoffs for Denver historically – um, and then just large stretches in the organization's history that they just haven't been good. Now they have potential to be great, right? This is a team that has never been to the NBA Finals, let alone win a championship. And it does feel like, it does feel, and this is just me speaking for myself, okay? And it's not a prediction. I'm just telling you what it feels like on April 28th. It feels like the winner of this series is going to represent the Western Conference in the championship. That's what it feels like for me. And I know, you know, going back to to my fandom uh, as of just a basketball uh, fan, basketball person, uh, you go back and look at the the nature of the Western Conference uh, finals in uh, the early two thousands. It was like whoever was going to come out of the Western Conference. Um, the 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 Lakers, uh, the Portland Trailblazers, the Sacramento Kings, like whoever, and it was it was most often the Lakers um, that were coming out, but it was like whoever was going to win that like Kings Lakers series was going to go on and beat Iverson and the Sixers. You were going to go on and beat you know Reggie Miller and Rick Smiths and the Pacers. You were going to go on and beat you know uh, uh, the New Jersey Nets um, with you know an early and young Byron Scott coaching them and you know Kmart and all those guys. Um, it was but and it sort of has that feel to it but a step behind it's not like who wins the conference championship is going to win the nba title but it's like who wins this second round uh series in my opinion is likely going to go on and beat their next opponent and represent the west in the nba finals so it's just so massively important and you got these guys that, that, you know from a legacy standpoint and jokic and 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 what this could do um you know, for his validation uh, around the world, you know, winning a series like this against a top 20 player in the history of the sport and Kevin Durant against a current top five or six player in Devin Booker guys, Devin Booker's coming off a series in which he averaged 37 points. I mean, he, he is ascending and this is already a guy who's played in the NBA finals in Devin Booker. This is a guy who's already been a first team all NBA player. Like we've had a Hall of Fame players. Um, in the NBA uh, that have never made a first-team All-NBA uh, status, first-team All-Pro. Like Tony Parker is going to be a Hall of Famer. He was never a first-team All-Pro. Carmelo Anthony's going to the Hall of Fame. He was never a first-team All-Pro. So, and then then you look at, um, the, you know, what, what a championship would do for Chris Paul's career and how he could be looked at so much differently through the annals of NBA history. You know, if you put a, a championship... Uh, next to his resume, it's among one of the greatest, you know, point guard resumes of all time. He's, you know, one of the greatest winners that's never really won the big one. So, um, from 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 all those standpoints, and you put all this stuff that I've just rambled about for you know four or five minutes here, um, you put it all in in a gumbo, and it just. It just heightens the massive importance uh, of, of what happens here over the next two weeks. And I'll also say this, like, you know, there should be some nerves involved. This pressure is a privilege. This type of hype around this series has been earned by the Denver Nuggets leading up to this point over the last four or five seasons. So the core is in place. The core has not been healthy like this for years, going back years to, to, to when Gary Harris wasn't available for the Nuggets in the NBA playoffs, uh, I believe four seasons ago now. Um, so for all those reasons, um, this series is just so massive. And it is among the, uh, the, the, the best second round matchups uh, that I can remember. And just in general, there's already some great ones in place here. I mean, we could be looking at Lakers and Golden State in the second round, two of uh the the fifteen greatest players to ever play the game. And Steph and LeBron, uh just all the fun dynamics uh there, uh two of the last three champions, right? Golden State, Los Angeles Lakers. Um, you have this Suns uh a Nuggets series. You have, you know, how about the Miami Heat upsetting the Bucks? And guys that, that, that's what that's what is so um <laughs> I don't even know the words. I don't have a word that perfectly encapsulates what be going to the NBA Finals would would. Uh, I can't can't quantify that in a word. But I have been of the belief that the Milwaukee Bucks were the best team in basketball, and the fact that they got upset in such a short period to Miami, who was losing games in the play-in within the last month. I mean, God Almighty, think about that. It's it's so um, it's just so wild. I I thought I predicted uh, at Brothers Barbecue uh, at the start of the season that the Denver Nuggets would go to the finals and lose to Giannis Antetokounmpo uh, and um, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks if they were healthy. Uh, and that obstacle again, I'm putting the cart way behe- ahead of the horse. I'm just sitting here talking on a podcast. If the Nuggets found a way to get to the finals. I mean the fact that the Bucks and that championship pedigree, that Finals MVP pedigree of, of Giannis and that team that has already done it before is not an obstacle in their way, and the fact that it could be you know a team like um, you know Philly. Could you imagine if it was Embiid versus Jokic in the Finals, I, or or it's or it's the Celtics and the and the Nuggets? I mean, goodness gracious, you can. I'm here fantasizing about it. I got to catch myself and get back on task. Um, I just want to talk about some of the general things I'm looking for, specifically from the Nuggets, okay? Uh, first and foremost, I have been asking the question, can Jamal Murray be the second best player on a title team? And I feel better about the answer to that question uh, following what I saw in the first round of the playoffs. Now, it wasn't perfect from Jamal Murray, but what I uh, gleaned from game number... Uh, five and game number two game number five is when Jamal goes for 35 points and was just fantastic, fantastic hit five threes and game number two is when he went for a 40 piece um, uh, in 39 minutes and hit six threes in between Jamal has been good solid. He's had good assist numbers like in game three or game one where he hasn't been the big scoring numbers, but there have been lapses where he has looked a little bit tired Um maybe um, maybe tried a little bit uh, too much or had the volume turned up too high on some of the um, shot making and maybe uh, sort of went away from the organic nature of um, the Nuggets offense. But you want some of that too. Like you're going to need to play above the X's and O's when you get to uh, a series like this one where, look, you are looking for a star to go along with Jokic. And Jamal is a number one candidate Can he be that guy on a night-to-night basis? Because Booker is that guy on a night-to-night basis, okay? Uh, Kevin Durant, well, uh, Durant has actually um, not been as impressive as Devin Booker has. If you pull up Devin Booker's game log of what he just did in the first-round series— Game number one, 26 points. Game number two, 38 points. Game number three, 45 points. Game number four, 30 points. Game number five, 47 points. So Booker's going to bring it every single night. Okay. Can Jamal bring it every single night? Um, and that's the big question that uh, I've had about Jamal Murray uh, for years now. Um, has Devin Booker superseded Kevin Durant as the 1A option for the team? Um, the numbers say it. I don't know if I believe it yet. Durant was great. Uh, um, uh, you know, by Durant standards, he was really good. He wasn't great, but he averaged, um, uh, 28 points in the series, which is insane. Can't believe that number is second on the team. They're the first tandem to go for 25 points or more, um, every single game of a playoff series since Shaq and Kobe. So they're in rarefied air and that's why Jamal needs to be that best and most consistent version of himself because if he's not, man, the firepower is going to have to come in spades from Michael Porter Jr. and even Aaron Gordon and we haven't seen MPJ be that guy yet either. I mean, look, in the most recent game that the Nuggets played, MPJ literally had zero points through three quarters of the game. That's in the first round. It's only going to get way tougher from here. Um so uh, Jamal, Jamal has got to be the best version of himself. And while I don't know that to be true in in the depths of my heart of hearts, um, I am more optimistic, again, right now than I was uh, two weeks ago because of, of how he played in some of those high-leverage spots and some of those big numbers he was putting up. I do believe, um, as in terms of a prediction for the series, um, I do believe that uh, while... Um, you know, I, I think the jury's still out on whether Jamal could be the second best player on the title team. We're, we're fixing to find out here, uh, get a big, big clues if that's the case here in the next two weeks. Um, I do believe this is going to be a big series for Jamal. I do. I don't think uh, anyone on Phoenix can consistently guard him. I, I just don't. And maybe that, maybe I'll be proven wrong, but the way that he has looked here, and he's ironed out a lot of these wrinkles during the regular season and i don't think um phoenix has a guy like Nikhil alexander walker uh who impressed the hell out of me um during uh the first round against minnesota um not just um not just uh, defensively but a couple big you know timely shots and um whatever i don't think there's a player like that on uh phoenix so i think jamal has an opportunity to literally average somewhere like you know um 27, 28 points a game. And and I think he's going to have to. He's going to have to. Um, now, he averaged 27 against Minnesota. It, it, it's going to have to be similar numbers, maybe even up to 28, 29, 30 points a game. Uh, I I do also think that at some point in this series, you will see Jamal Moore, Murray get, get have a 45-point game. 45. I don't think that's insane, given the dynamics of, of what I'm seeing from Jamal. And and uh, an inability from a personnel standpoint to to guard him, so a really good opportunity uh, for Jamal Murray. And if I'm if I'm um, uh, um, and I'm oh my gosh, his, his name is, is is escaping me, uh, 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 Monty Williams. Goodness gracious, if I'm Monty Williams, like what's my approach to trying to slow down Jamal? I mean, is it, uh, is it Torrey Craig and sacrificing some of that offense? So that he'll give you the best shot defensively to slow that guy down um or is it is it a guy off the bench like a kogi maybe um if it's not is 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 Chris Paul gonna guard him? Chris Paul is not big enough to hang with Jamal. i I honestly especially at this stage in the game where chris paul's thirty seven years old and is more of like a timely player than a possession by possession player, like he'll still kill you like at points, but it's it's more timely than again possession by possession. Um I just don't think a 37 year old undersized Chris Paul is going to be able to defend 26 year old six foot four Jamal Murray. I just I, I can't see it. um so and is Booker gonna guard him? Maybe, maybe. Um, I'd like to see what that looks like um but I still think Jamal would would be scoring the ball plenty. Now the downside to this is, I don't know who's gonna slow down um Booker and Durant and, and I don't think there's a I don't know if there's a recipe. Uh, for that, even if, you know, like who who can't, who can, who can, you know, uh, uh, you know, bring Booker to a halt or slow down Durant. These are unfair ass, just like it should be an unfair ass to totally cut off the valve of Jamal Murray. So we could be seeing games like that are like 130 to 126. I mean, I don't think that's crazy at all. I mean, we could see a ton of points scored in this series. And I look at a guy like Michael Porter Jr., it, it's time, bud. It's time. And I'm not expecting um, Michael Porter Jr. to play like a superstar night in and night out. But you better have some games. And and, and the timely nature of him coming through in that first round was, I thought, um, one, one of the biggest takeaways of MPJ. Because he would have games where he's just like, wh- wh- where are you? He'd have halves. Where are you? Is, oh, he is in the game. He's standing in the corner uninvolved. Um, but I think of like I think it was Game Three, where uh, I think it was Game Three, where he was comes in the fourth quarter and has an eight zero run himself. Like he's going to have to have a few of those and hold Phoenix accountable uh, for him offensively. Every possession, every single possession, he doesn't need to average twenty eight points like I'm hoping from Jamal, but he does need to be in the twenties. He was not consistent enough uh, in that first round. Um, he he hit he or he missed his scoring average in three of the first um, or three of the five games um, in in the matchup against Minnesota and I'm talking about his average from the regular season he had just eight points in game five 15 points in game four 16 points in game two um, but he wasn't bad and like because because one of my big takeaways in addition to the timeliness of him coming through for Denver when they really needed it um, was the The lack of offense in those stretches did not derail him from being um, productive uh, on the glass. I mean, MPJ guys, he averaged over eight rebounds for the series. This is someone who averaged about five and a half rebounds during the regular season. To average over eight, I think, was significant given the size of Minnesota. And that brings me to really my... I don't know if it's number one, uh, and I didn't make a list or anything, but when I think of things, because Phoenix is awesome, Denver's awesome. They're both great offensively. They're not great defensively, but where could be a differentiating factor that the Nuggets could do really well that Phoenix could be exploited on, and that is rebounding the basketball. Between Nikola Jokic, Aaron Gordon, and Michael Porter Jr., they have an opportunity to really make Phoenix pay on the glass. It'll be one of the biggest themes that I'm watching during this series because even Michael Porter Jr., the way that he has done uh, a, a, a good job um, uh, rebounding the ball offensively, Aaron Gordon can do that. Nikola can do that. So I am looking You know, at this advantage that is one of, you know, rebounding isn't talked about the way that, you know, scoring the basketball is, and and it shouldn't, but man, when you look at um, uh, the personnel from Phoenix, you can make them pay in that department, and and I'm expecting that to be the case. Um, X-Factor for the series, I'll isolate uh, Bruce Brown. Um, This is uh, a bench in Phoenix post-trade that is thinner than it has been. OK, and there's an opportunity for Bruce Brown to continue to parlay the last five weeks to, see, to the season in which he synced it up in the first round against Minnesota. He averaged over 11 points a game, which was fantastic Four boards, just tremendous two and a half assist a game. He averaged over a steal. Bruce was great. He was one of the hallmark uh, guys for me that uh, uh, flies under the, the radar when it comes to, you know, examining this matchup. Bruce was so good down the stretch of the season and so good in the second round um it's making calvin Booth look really really smart and man the nuggets need him the nuggets need him he is playing star- near starter minutes okay you' you're, you're seeing sometimes you know kCP not not you know you know out there in the fourth quarter because Bruce Brown is out there look at the minutes Bruce Brown played in that first round series 25 30 24. 26, 30. Guys, he averaged 27 minutes a game off the bench. I don't know if that's going to hold. Um, that's a really high number for someone coming off the bench. But, boy, if he is playing as well as he did against Minnesota and as well as he played you know, down the the, the stretch of the season, man, he was so good, um, the, the Suns are going to have their hands full. The Suns are a little bit top-heavy, a lot bit top-heavy. And that's where you hope the more balanced nature of the Denver Nuggets Uh, shows up here that you know we could be i'm gonna make an avalanche analogy from a year ago when when we were coming in and and doing the radio show stokely and zach and reacting to the colorado avs a cup run we were arguing who was the best player and we were having to differentiate well who's the best player who's the most important who's the most reliable and when you when you have dudes the way that the avalanche did on that cup run it was like well nathan's your best player but your, your 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 most talented players Kale McCarr. But your leading scorer in the season was Miko Rantanen. And but the hero this night was Josh Manson. And the hero the other night was Val Nechushkin. And then and then it was um, Arturi Leckinen. Who and it was like it was these different games. They took on their own life. And that's where I think Denver can separate themselves from Phoenix. Because we could be coming in here talking about, hey, KCP hit four threes last night. They don't win that game without him. You know, Jamal was the leading scorer here, but Jokic was really, you know, driving the bus. And Aaron Gordon, man, can't believe he got to eighteen and nine. And you know, but but also, you know, like it's a it's a same sort of balanced conversation where we're arguing you know, game by game, who stood out the most. And the Nuggets have an opportunity because of how they're constructed um, uh, as a team um, that that they really have an opportunity. Because this is a team game. And over the course of seven games, I think the, the team nature of Denver has an opportunity to rise. And the Nuggets also have something that Phoenix does not have. And that is... And this is it's invaluable. You cannot put a price tag on it, and it doesn't matter how many Hall of Fame players you throw together. Okay? And, and I'll, I'll I'll give you an example from 20 years ago. The the Los Angeles Lakers put together a bomb squad on the fly. They tried building the airplane as it was going off in the form of Kobe Bryant and Shaq, yes, but Gary Payton and Carl Malone and they added these megastars, and they were awesome, and they were good enough to get to the finals. But when they played a team in Detroit that was organically built and battle-tested, you could not just add water and stir, even with how great and how many Hall of Famers the Lakers had. Um, You just couldn't say, hey, go be great and, and overcome the climb. The NBA title is about a climb. Very rarely, we've talked about this for years on this podcast, very rarely do you see a team thrown together to go win a title. Toronto comes to mind. They, they go all in on Kawhi. They had been building as a group. Um, they move, you know, uh, 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 you know, DeMar DeRozan out of the mix. I forget who the, what the uh, components of the trade were uh, specifically. But they were able to go on and cross the finish line. It's so rare that that's the case. And the Nuggets have the prerequisite history that a championship profile has in their a uh, a uh, 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 portfolio, if you will. Most championship portfolios have the climb, and you can't replicate the battles. This is a team that has played twelve games together, guys. Yeah, they're awesome. Yeah. Durant is one of the great players we've ever seen. And maybe they just outscore Denver because their high-end blue-chip talent is just that good. Maybe that does happen. But boy, I think I'm going to bet on the experience of the climb being the differentiating factor in this series. The hardest medals are forged through fire. The nuggets have been through the fire. And it's time for the dividend of that heat through the years to pay off in the form of a nuggets victory. Guys, I got the nuggets winning this game and uh, winning this series in 7 games. I think it's going to take everything that is in the nuggets repertoire and tank and I believe they get it done. I am betting on Denver quite literally on this uh, uh, in this moment but also um with 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 my uh With my backing financially, uh, I am going to bet the Denver Nuggets, who are an underdog, a slight underdog in this series. I'm going to bet on the Nuggets to win this series for everything that I've talked about now. And, you know, uh, I've talked about Jamal uh, having to find that consistency and and having those, you know, peak Jamal moments. We've talked about Michael Porter Jr. having to to stabilize and not be so helter-skelter and anonymous for entire quarters or halves. Talked about the X-Factor and Bruce Brown. Um, But Aaron Gordon, keep your eye on Aaron freaking Gordon because I think this guy is going to play a huge, huge role in this series. Last series, he was good. He was. He was good. um, But it was not the matchup for him uh, with just the sheer size that Minnesota has. I think Aaron Gordon has an opportunity um, to – uh be the type of player that Phoenix just doesn't have I think he's going to be able to get to the rim I think he's going to be able to punish a Phoenix on the offensive glass and I think uh Aaron Gordon while he did not get to 15 points this is this this is my prediction for this series for Aaron Gordon he did not get to 15 points once in the first round I think he will average 15 points for this series so Um, put that in your back pocket for whatever it's worth some it might not be worth a lot Um, but but that is um, you put that in the line of uh, predictions of of what I'm expecting for this series from AG okay Um, I think we're gonna leave it there for now guys at the time of recording it's Friday afternoon uh, ready for the weekend to get started but I didn't want the day to end Uh, Without coming in here and just sort of setting the table of some of the things that I'm looking for and expecting to see in this uh, second round. Huge, huge matchup with Phoenix. We've waited. We went an entire season where I referred to that season as the year before the year. That year is now. The time is now. The moment is now. And you just got to go take it. It'll be hard. The Nuggets will lose some games. This ain't four or five, okay? This is going to be a six or seven series, and I think it's it will end in ball arena in game number seven with the Nuggets crossing the finish line. I hope I'm right. Guys, I hope you have a great weekend. Please rate this podcast five stars if you think we deserve it. Please tell a friend um, uh, if you want to spread uh, this podcast. That's the most organic and grassroots uh, nature to do anything, uh, and I would sincerely appreciate it. Shout out Superbook Sports, proud sponsor of this podcast. And guys, no matter what happens on Saturday evening, you already know we're going to be talking about it right here on the Mile High Hoops podcast. Thank you for tuning into the Mile High Hoops podcast powered by Superbook Sports. Until next time.